Hello and welcome to the Brickade Media Podcast. My name is Bill Campana, poet and author of a number of different Brickade books. Uh, one of which is uh, The Stones of Nelig. No, I'm kidding. I did not write that. I did not write that one. Uh, corporate boilerplate vinegar? I did not write that one either. Uh, but anyway, uh, joining me in addition to our special guest tonight is my co-host and fellow poet and fellow author and fellow human being, Patrick Hare. Hi, Bill. Patrick Hare here, author of Corporate Boilerplate <laughs> Vinegar from Brick Cave Books. <laughs> the Brick Cave Podcast is brought to you by the BC Book Club, Brick Cave Media's community portal for readers that love Brick Cave books and authors. Also joining us in the, both in the studio tonight. Ah, also... Okay, this is where the editing comes in, because I know you'll just take this out. And we just went south. And joining us both in the studio is tonight's special guest, Holly Samuelsek, a.k.a. Technicolor Holly. Welcome, Holly. Holly! Hello, everybody! <laughs> and by the way, if you're listening, you are now listening to three quarters of the 1998 Mesa Slam Team. That's right. That's right. Information. This podcast is produced by our uh, Slam Master. Yes. The very same Slam. Right, right. And we had a newspaper guy come and follow us all the way to Austin. And what did he do? He wrote about other people. Yeah, Yeah, he wrote about that story. (laughs) And he got blasted. That was the other thing. He was just absolutely drunk the whole time he was there. Good for him. So uh, tell everybody out there your history of poetry, Holly. How did you get into poetry and all that stuff? Oh, boy. All right. Well, I mean, poetry in general, uh, I wrote poetry since I was really little. I remember having a diary even when I was, uh, you know, like six years old that had poems in it. So uh, I just always had a affinity for words and wordplay and writing and language and started writing poetry really, really young. Um, I already had poems written uh, when I started going to Ascenza Coffee House and watching the Poetry Slam there. And that was really the first place I ever read in front of people, you know, whether it was open mic or for competition. Um, and uh, that's how uh, I met you guys. <laughs> it was very casual to start out reading there, though, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. There was no pressure. No, it wasn't. It was just like, hey, you want to sign up? And... You know, I was obviously nervous, but it was, yeah, it was very, it was casual. It was supportive. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. That's what I thought about it the first time I went there. It's kind of like, oh, you just like, come here and relax. Yeah, absolutely. Until Spiro showed up. <laughs> there were some intense people, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were times, but there was, it, it, well, yeah, when I started, it was nice like that. And, you know, you could actually, and, and like, even though Bob was the host, we could trade hosting time. Trade hosting. He would let other people host. Um, we grew a lot of good poetry slam hosts at the Ascensa Coffee House. Well, including both of you guys. Well, and I even think Holly, you hosted a couple. Oh, times. I have some pictures of me hosting. Yeah, 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 yeah. We uh, we kept that. Want to talk about casual? I mean, <laughs> we let all kinds of people host. <laughs> Anybody can host. Don't need a list. If you can speak, you can host. Pretty much. Just don't, yeah. just don't screw up. Just yeah. don't demean us. <laughs> Somebody demeaned us, and it's like, uh, they're never hosting it. So, Bill, talk about your experience at the Ghost Slam this week. Oh, my God, it was scary. It was frightening. No, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Ghosts. I, I, the first time I slammed in the valley, 
since January of 2015. So wow. that's seven years, a seven-year itch. As How'd it feel? Uh, you know, it felt pretty good. I mean, when I got up to this, it's an actual stage. It's a dark rock club, uh, the Rebel Lounge, which used to be the Mason Jar, if anybody remembers oh, that. Oh, okay, now I know where it is. And uh, the cool thing about it is that the original owner of the Mason Jar and my grandmother, his grandmother and my grandmother were friends. Really? So it's like, hey. There's family. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of destined to be here. Did you get free drinks out of it? No. He doesn't own it anymore. <laughs> he passed away, as a matter of oh, fact. Not there. All right. I think his name was Franco. Oh, my God. God, I can't think of his last name. Grimaldi or something like that? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember when, you know, they had, well, bikers there, for one thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting because they had a like a chain link fence for the people that were under 21 for some shows yeah now you but, just can't get back in if you're 21 yeah. <laughs> right. but it was cool because uh, you know it's, it's dark it was packed mm -hmm. the audience was good and uh air conditioning Ooh, phoenix nice. poets are, aren't always treated to air conditioning true. historically it's, true. it's like you want to sweat you want to be a poet in phoenix sweat well they didn't have air conditioning in austin either they had a big fan at yeah. one of those clubs yeah, that was, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, some. What the hell was the name of that place? That, they had a unisex bathroom. They just had a big fan for air conditioning. Yeah, I can't think of the name of that place. Well, it wasn't one of the venues where we read, but it was one of the ones where we went to see. It's named after people. coffee, I think. Yes. Well, so anybody who remembers <laughs> 1998. Well, one of them was the original Alamo Draft House. The, in uh, yeah. in Austin, yeah, we saw the like the Slam Nation movie there. I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we're, we we were hipster before it was cool. <laughs> you could order a potato and watch a movie. You could sit there and just oh eat my the potato. Gosh. That's amazing. Uh, and uh, <laughs> other than that, it was fifteen poets, uh, cut to five in round two, and cut to three in round three. And I don't know what the prize was. It, uh, it, it's, it's something nominal. I don't know what it was. Did Clute uh, make it to round three? No, he didn't make it to round two. No. Oh. no grand prize was $50. 50 bucks? Mm -hmm. I made it to round two. So I was like, hey, ah, that's a shock. <laughs> there's, a, there's a surprise. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was fun. It was, uh, I enjoyed it. I gotta do something. I, I can't sit at home every night and, and nod off by seven. Yeah. You know, I, I, I told somebody, but I said, you know, this, I mean, this is my bedtime. <laughs> How much energy do I have to expend here? <laughs> I'm usually rocked out. It's, I already closed the country buffet and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, these poems are low salt. <laughs> I told somebody, I may need a pallbearer to get me back to my seat oh. after I read. Well, I'm contractually obligated to ask Holly, what were some of the poets that influenced you? <laughs> oh. Contractually obligated. You know, um, well, you know, early on, it, there weren't, I couldn't say there were any um, because of just that I was always writing. But I would say in later years, um, other than... 
the fine poets that I saw every day, or not every day, but, you know, at the slams and the open mics around the valley. Um, I think uh, I was influenced, at least in, like, performance style a little bit, from the poetry of, like, Ani DeFranco, some of her al early albums. She has some spoken word on there that's pretty good. Um, maybe a little bit, uh, it sounds cliche or cheesy, but maybe a little bit from Jim Morrison. Um, and... I don't know. Um, the that's time to hesitate. <laughs> is he had that American prayer. And then Come even on. just, and then others, others would be musically like, like um, music I grew up listening to. Oh, not grew up, but you know, like from as in my teenage years, like the English band James, um, Pearl Jam, um, the grunge, you know, grunge era, <laughs> and the English pop. So, yeah, I'd say that. You know, Jim Morrison and I share a birthday. Do they? Yeah. Look the exact year? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. You're not. Older. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think. I mean. I'm tied at 27, what, 1971 or something? I mean, what, 10? <laughs> <laughs> well, 71, I was uh, 16, so. Oh, okay. I guess I have the same birthday as Gene Hackman and Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, wow. Not wow. year, obviously. <laughs> I have uh, Richard. Oh, and K Kid Cudi uh, for the younger crowd. I have uh, I have Richard Nixon, um, Bob Denver from Gilligan's Island, and uh, Dave Matthews. Oh, oh, you know who else has the same birthday as me? Dick Cheney. Oh my oh. goodness! <laughs> got Dick Nixon and Dick Cheney sitting in the room here with Jim Morrison. Wow. <laughs> and next month, on two the guys UK named podcast. Dick and one guy who exposed himself <laughs> in Florida. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Which one is in hell? And which one? <laughs> well, one of them's still alive. Wow, okay. And I'm sure he's headed there. Oh. Okay. Poetry round. Poetry round. You know what? Um, because somebody mentioned the Alamo Draft House, and by a remarkable coincidence, I have a new poem. What? Called yes. the Alamo Draft House? <laughs> Not quite. It was. Rudamaya. That was the name of that uh, Oh, oh my yeah. Gosh, you are amazing. Uh, my memory just flashed. 